I want it in there. I think it would be a good way to start the show every week is recording that one progress and then right into it. That's a good you should try it as a cold open next time. Give it a whirl, you know. So now I've I've read the outline. The show actually has a structure on like basically everything else I've I've done for so we've actually fallen a format here. Yeah. This is like we know that we're both prone to tangents, so it's helpful for us. Yeah. This is gonna be a test of patience. This is going to be like a marathon episode. Fine by me. I, I got nowhere to be. We're all part of the Mike Whalen extended cinematic audio universe. All right, this is from a friend of the show. Um, Why no one needs to pick up Ben Simmons. Ben is not good at the line. The three only thing he is good for is to get water for curry. I have no hate for the man, but come on. You can't shoot. You can't even go to the line and be scared. You're not going to hit it. You can only shoot 30% of the three. I can't trust you to hit it or not. You're not just there to be six foot ten. Can't shoot. Can't at the line. And me not be scared that you are not going to hit it. Okay, now, that was from a friend of the show, and that was from a student in their class uh, who provided a salient and accurate assessment of <laughs> Mr. Ben Simmons. Welcome to the legal screen. Um, you guys know what it is. Uh, this right. is uh, kind of a more uh, atypical illegal screen episode. Uh, yeah. You guys might be hearing this format more often. Yeah, um, sort of at the behest of our poor beleaguered producer Mike Whalen. All praise be unto him. Uh, we're trying to do slightly more frequent recordings by having more loose formatted episodes, and I think it's going to be fun. I, I think it's a good thing. I'm not not worried about it i mean we were before we started recording i was mentioning how some of the big elaborate episodes are like outlines that brian spends days writing or that i spent days writing things like that so yeah so this is uh this is our new (laughs) format going forward if you guys are fans of those big uh deep dive episodes they were they will occur still but they're going to be far less frequent and we'll kind of make it a special thing when it does happen um so enjoy it um hopefully you guys will actually be able to complete episodes from now on and hear all of our cool little tidbits we put in there all right um so that's just that uh welcome to season two year three of the illegal screen um season two two. (laughs) you can't figure out how to list it as that on on itunes and i know you've tried uh, yeah it it did cause it caused some problems but with our host (laughs) All right, and we have a guest with us here today. That's right. We have a very special guest to help us master this more free-flowing episode style. Straight from the gentrified dystopian hellscape of New York City, a man of deep self-introspection only matched by the sterling wit with which he mocks the hair, facial structure, and physical gait of footballers, the shaman of Strava running videos, public enemy number one of Mike Greenberg, Dan Orlovsky, and Trey Young, Currently bombed on MD2020 mixed with LSD from the Black Site, co-host of the (laughs) Dismal Tide podcast and sole host of the purely aesthetic soccer show, Mike Johnson. Hello. Good uh, good evening uh, to everyone uh, here, everyone at home, everyone in their car. (laughs) Wherever Uh, you are. 
That is uh, that is exactly right. Um, uh, an enemy of uh, uh, of many. Um, uh, they don't know. They they don't know who I am. But um, uh, but but they they need to. Uh, they'll find out at some point. That's right. They can, they can feel your right. presence. As yeah. I as as I realized the other day that if uh, if you hate someone, they're name searching. So. If you if uh, if you say anything it's, publicly about true. anyone, they will find out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. There's a certain pressure they can feel when you're talking about them. It's like the hair standing on the back of your neck mm-hmm. and they know it. They just don't want to admit it. And then it gets to them and it slowly eats away at them. And then a month later, they search their own name and then they find your 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 post. And then they draw their posting blade and the wars begin again. Well, I do. I don't think Trey Young will find out about me. Like, I don't think word will make it back to Trey Young. I think Trey Young, I'm yeah. sure, has seen that video of that guy dressed as Spider-Man outside MSG uh, talking to all those people who are really do want to kill him. Um, <laughs> like, I'm I'm certain Trey Young has seen that video, uh, which is a, a delight. It's like it. Nobody in that covers themselves in glory, but it's it's all very funny. Um, but the people who do find out about uh, you being rude to them are uh, generally uh, uh, journalists. Yeah. And if or, you have something bad to say about a journalist, oh, they, they will find that. Yeah, they'll know in a hurry. Yeah. Especially Glenn Greenwald. Yes. Well, luckily, I've not run afoul of him and he's not posted uh, uh, decades of transcripts of our conversations to prove <laughs> that he never liked me that much anyway. But he's saving them, though, Mike. You know that, right? That's right. Glenn is saving all of our conversations, and and this day will come. Okay, I just there's a wreck. Uh, I'm due for that reckoning at some point when I yeah. run afoul of Glenn Greenwald somehow. Yeah, yeah. You don't mess with the double G and not get the horns. Okay. <laughs> God. Okay. Um. So Mike, he seems cool. He's I like him. <laughs> he's a, he's a poster's poster. You know what I mean? He's definitely a poster's poster. That is one way to put it, yes. Galaxy brain. Um, yeah. Okay, Mike, you got a you got a thing, a thing Liam's told me about. It's a purely aesthetic soccer show. Yes. Where where did this come from? What is it? What do you want to do with it going forward? What 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 is the purely aesthetic soccer show, aka pass? That's that is how I save everything in GarageBand. Yes, as 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 pass. <laughs> um, I wanted to do a, a soccer show for a long time. And uh, I went through the many phases that people who want to do their own sort of sports content do where, you know, you pretend to be a journalist uh, for a while. That's very um, cool and fun. Yeah. Um, then you go down the sort of, uh, you know, uh, advanced metrics. So to root and get into the, the, the actual analytics and, uh, and like, I'm going to Nate Silverhead basically. Yeah, that's where I'm just like I'm gonna do, I'm gonna re, I'm gonna learn Python and then I'm gonna do I'm gonna do freelance pieces for Statsbomb, and for a multitude of reasons that never happened. And I thought about like what do I think I can add that that other people don't really do? I I don't think I can analyze games better than people who are doing this on much more well-established shows. I I don't think that I can I have insights that they don't have when it comes to what actually happened. But I have a lot to say about how everything looks all the time. Players and fans and broadcasts and presentation and all of that. And um, I, I'm no art history major or anything, but I've, I watch a lot of television. 
So, <laughs> and, what's the difference? And I would so, ask at this and point, that, what is the difference, that, really? That's one side of it. And the other is an idea that because I watch quite a lot of television and because I watch a lot of ESPN morning television, I listen to endless uh, arguments about who is the greatest of all time and who is the greatest currently and ranking things. Mm-hmm. And the show is exists as a rebuke to that and is there to say uh, everything is uh, all these players are, are fine, actually, even the bad ones. <laughs> It it elevates mediocrity to greatness and greatness to mediocrity. The other day, I I finally put it into words when on the Arsenal sub because it's the international break right now. There are no uh, club games happening right now. Everyone is away with their country, and the Arsenal subreddit, uh, as they often do, is now uh, out of boredom is talking about uh, who are the most underrated players of the last twenty years at Arsenal, and predictably every single player of the last 20 years has been mentioned. And I, and I came up with the, the, what I believe is the take to, uh, uh, to end all takes the ultimate argument settler, which is, uh, the correct answer is no one, because if you've been paying attention, everyone is properly rated. <laughs> it is a bold take. That is a very, <laughs> so bold take. That's, so there, uh, so I, 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 I really have no interest in talking because like it, it's, we, um and and predictably uh we exist in a time where basically everyone who's the greatest ever is currently playing in their current sport um uh e- even if uh, you know the there's the lebron jordan argument that happens every day and like uh you know you have uh you have simone biles uh you've got um you know uh, mike trout uh well baseball i guess uh, uh you know trout's up there but um definitely but there's so many of the uh, uh, of the greatest, you know, uh, uh, there's the, the the Brady and Mahomes arguments all the time. But it's it does not interest me because um, the, the, there's a, there's a whole world outside of that, which is everything else that happens, especially like in um, in uh, soccer and, you know, and hockey and basketball uh, as well, mm-hmm. too. There's thousands and thousands of professionals playing, you know, in in the NFL, you really just have the NFL and, there, and there's Canadian football, but it's got really no traction outside of Canada. Um, there's thousands and thousands of professionals uh, everywhere that are, that are still going. And it's, you know, people will look at things like MLS and just going like, these guys make like $80,000 a year. Who cares? I'm like, that's actually that rules. <laughs> I'm like, there, there's a guy who's acting. There's a guy on television who's acting like he is the greatest player alive, and he makes eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> like, like that's that is something that that is something to really appreciate. I think the the uh the their pay has gone up in the last couple of years. They're he's probably making like one hundred twenty thousand dollars. But well, that's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> but I I think that is fantastic. Sort of diving into that sort of thing, ideally. Okay, and, so it's uh, negating. It is is effectively negating sports and talking about soccer and negating soccer specifically and talking about just the aesthetics of it and the yes. aesthetics of the players it's and the negation yeah. of the sport the analytics the the everything else the culture that goes on behind it and just drilling down into yes and i'm trying to what's uh, on the surface and i'm, I'm certainly trying to uh, the, the show is only three episodes old so it's uh it's trying <laughs> to uh uh work that down into 
into fewer words. But um, to, to circle back, Mike Whalen did say when we were talking about it on Discord that he, he just goes, because what people have lost sight of is that the is that everything is about aesthetics. And for this reason, the greatest player is Allen Iverson, that's a guy right. who a guy who never won a title <laughs> like that's the uh, that that's what like Allen Iverson um, was box office and like great we 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 you see great you turn on tv you see greatness every day you could, i could watch greatness in a gatorade commercial they don't put iverson in gatorade commercials yeah that's, that's not true. everyone can not everyone can step over tyron Lue. yeah it exists it exists that, in that, people's that memory doesn't happen that often right which is much more powerful because everyone's got feelings connected to it okay that's okay well this kind of brings us back into now that we know the uh reasoning behind pass and why it exists uh that brings us to why you are the guest for today yeah so i figure that aesthetics in in any sport and i imagine in soccer this has to be prevalent is appearance because like a lot of athletes look like absolutely ridiculous people for various reasons and in soccer it's like you've got like lots of I feel like you've got a fair amount of elaborate hair and whatnot. Yeah, the uh, every every year or so, every you know, you know, say nine to fifteen months, there's a there's a shift about, and you have the the new dominant haircut um, right. that you'll see many players with. Currently, yeah. it's um, it's uh, it, it's your hair uh, bleached with the side shaved down. You got like a uh, ah, bleached and like it's bleach fade, fade, and you've got your yeah, and you've got your natural color on the side. Uh, you turn on any game in the world right now, and at least one player has that hair. Nice. It sounds like dog Kuzma. shit. <laughs> a player who will not be mentioned later. Yeah. Surprisingly. So um, I guess this is this is perfect to delve into our five yeah, five players gonna, in the NBA. Yeah, Mike, we want you to judge the aesthetics of five NBA players that I have selected after exhaustive consideration, uh, past and present. And we want you to just do your thing based on all of the spiritual and what do the emotional understanding you have. Yeah. Of what do the aesthetic gods that? tell you, basically? Yes. Like, let yes. them speak through you. Exactly. So let's start with I am putting the I've got the chat open. Chat. I see okay. that you're typing. There we go. We're starting with Pascal Siakam of the Toronto Raptors. He, um, he, he's got just such a, a fantastic cartoon face. It's, it's very broad. Face. The, uh, the, uh, it, <laughs> yes. So, uh, so he the, should have been in Space Jam too, is what you're saying. He, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh. Was he in Space Jam too? If he was, let me know. So. Okay. The, he's, uh, uh, got the eyebrows of, of a man on a mission. <laughs> he's driven he it's, looks it, driven it's a re- it's a really fantastic brow line that it yeah if, you, if you're if if pascal siakam is running at you full speed um it, it it also the particular face that he's making in this picture i i know that this is not what he uh looks like when he like goes to the bank but but it would be the, cool the, if he did the, <laughs> yes the particular the the face that he's making in in this is is particularly cartoonish, which I I, I do really appreciate, and it has like uh, um because he's uh he's got his lower lip tucked in to which does sort of accentuate the 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 bottom jaw as well, 
Oh yeah, yeah. Which makes him I look see. like he has a, just an enormous, powerful jaw. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's very cool. He's he's obviously like charging, kind of like in a mid charge in the photo. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I, th- I think he Pascal is interesting because of those features that you described. He has a very like statuesque um like even when he's kind of in a neutral like if you watch him in interviews or whatever he's just a very statuesque like face but it's weird because when he's actually energetic and moving he does have that weirdly cartoonish expression it's it's at odds with itself which is what is interesting there's contrast there yeah he's uh also just a um uh, a very fit man uh, even by professional athlete standards, um, it, extraordinary, extraordinary muscle definition. Uh, deeply, deeply jealous. Also jealous of having the name Pascal. As, as someone, th- this this is a recurring theme as well. Is that I I do um, believe in the the junk science of nominative determinism and believe that my life is bad because my name is Michael Johnson and that the and when there's there's Badass. people named Pascal Siakam walking around. We've got names with that many percussives in it. That's what, uh, like, imagine what I could do with that name without the right. fact people would ask me why I have it because I'm white. But right, I mean, this is a really cool idea because <laughs> it's a really cool idea because names can be aesthetic too. Uh oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So That's, that I I think that that uh uh plays a a, a large part in it um in a lot of things. I like you know, the announcers a... go crazy with his name. They're like, I am well, Pascal Siakam. Like, they'll just... Yeah, one... it's... It, I mean, they they must love that sort of thing. Is that if, if you get a name that's that's fun to say, you know, yeah. you got to really lean into it. Because, um, you know, the... the uh, uh, you worry that uh, that there's going to be a guy with an extraordinarily simple name that's uh, uh, not especially interesting to say, and that you know, you know, there, uh, the, there's a uh, Steve Davis or something like that, and it's hard to like really sell <laughs> that Davis if he dunk. were like if there's like Steve Davis, the NBA superstar, right? Yeah, there was Steve Blake. He was a sort of moderately competent journeyman point guard bounced around the league he was in the trailblazers for a while it's one of the most normal nba names i can think of distant relative of william blake not a lot of people know Mm. that but tying it back around to aesthetics you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's not uh there's not too many straight lines you can draw from uh the romantic poetry of william blake to uh uh, to the nba but we did it and that's why the legal screen is what it is that's exactly that. That's our whole. <laughs> that's our whole fucking vibe. All right. So I'm going to throw you a real curveball, Mike, and you may or may not know. This is an old, a somewhat older, cult classic type player, Ooh. Andre Kirilenko. Yes. <laughs> this is my selection. <laughs> Andre Kirilenko. The number one. This is uh the the least flattering haircut he possibly could have chosen and he's had but it he had it for so fucking long too he looks like <laughs> he he looks like one of the wood elves from skyrim like um, he looks he looks like a demi lich he looks he motherfucker yeah. looks like a babushka wrapped up in the babadook <laughs> like, it's just he he looks like he hasn't slept in days 
He probably hasn't. <laughs> it's possibly that he might. It's entirely possible that he didn't. <laughs> uh, I I don't remember much of his career. Although I believe he was the one that was dunked on by Baron Davis, right? I believe so. Is that he correct? Was, he's mostly known for being a shot blocker. Yeah. Like a, an ace shot blocker. Which, by yeah. the way, if if indeed it was him that got dunked on by Baron Davis that that one time, um, that's that. But that's that's life as a defender, by the way. Which which, by the yeah. way, I think um, another sort of insight into why I'm like this <laughs> it, is that I have in every sport I've ever played from uh, from age like eight on, uh, even to like when I play in rec leagues now, uh, I have always been uh, a defender. So I have, uh, I've never, not, um, nothing good can ever happen for me. Only bad things can happen for me. There's a, there's a melancholy and a doom that hangs over you as a defender. It's, it's truly, it's, it's truly, yes. uh, it's, it's the pervert's position, you know, nothing yes. good can come um, Art, um, uh, legendary, uh, Arsenal manager, uh, Arsene Wenger, uh, once said that, uh, attacking players love to win and defenders hate to lose. And um, and and I I agree with that completely. It's that uh, it, it's that the 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 fear of losing and like that's why. Uh, but I've I've never been psycho enough to be a goalkeeper. That that seems My like God. that the, the the true masochist position where like <laughs> where you I I don't know what goes wrong that 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 you put yourself in that mental space that you don't really want to be involved in the game except to have people shoot at you. Not a lot of love, but child. <laughs> But um, but in yeah, Kirilenko's case, the humiliation fetish, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in Kirilenko's uh, case, that it just like it, I I mean, there's uh, or plenty of players probably. It's the like you know the 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 legendary dunks. It's just like that's ends up being something that people just like you know a uh, uh, a career as you know uh, a above average defender uh mm-hmm. that you know got paid millions of dollars for. But that one time that embarrassing thing did happen to you, and unfortunately that's what people want to talk about. And that's all you'll be remembered for for the rest yes, of your life. Yes, but and having the uh, most sunken eyes in NBA history. Yeah, if not for the fact that Kirilenko had had multiple five by fives, he probably would just be remembered for this. And yeah. also, the other thing you'd be remembered for, uh, seeing as you brought up how he looked like he hasn't slept in like three fucking days. Uh, in 2006, when I believe, yeah, when Kirilenko was on the Jazz, uh, it was reported and his wife confirmed that his wife allows him to sleep with another woman exactly once per year. (laughs) (laughs) She said, she said in ESPN, the magazine, and this is, uh, cited on Wikipedia, so you can, you can can check it it's not bullshit male athletes in this country are extremely attractive they get chased by women it's hard to resist it's the way men are by nature to which i say but it's andre kirilenko have you looked at him <laughs> yeah like i said well this is a this is a very dudes rock guy this is, <laughs> this is the ultimate dudes rock player he's one and, of them and to and to Kirilenko's wife, uh, as is so often the case, uh, there's no accounting for taste. I suppose, yeah. Um, She's and, a and pop star. Says. Said, well, ru- Russian pop star? Yeah. 
I have no gauge for what that means. I, that's fair. I have, that's very fair. I don't I've, think anyone does, uh, actually. No, I, I really can't. Um, you know, uh, I, 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 I don't know any uh, non-English language uh, pop stars. I just briefly looked up a picture of her. She's unconventional looking, but by no means unattractive. Well, so let's see. So I mean, yeah, yeah. I think I think they they might be a decent <laughs> match for each other. They're a power couple. They're a power yeah. couple in their own yeah. way. Yeah, well, well, you know what we should do? You know what we should do, Mike? Uh, we should rate it from zero, least aesthetic, to ten, most aesthetic. We'll do Siakam. What was Siakam from zero to a ten? I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put him uh, uh, up high. I'm gonna say uh, an an eight or a nine. Okay, uh, Kirilenko. Kirilenko is much lower, um, but I like that he's got what I would call it's like a power pop sort of haircut. This is a very power <laughs> pop sort of like jank. Uh, um, oh, this is God. this is sort of like t- Tom Petty had this haircut for a while. Yes, um, yeah. but it's very unflattering on Andre Kirilenko. But again, a lot of that has to do with his face. Incredible um, power. <laughs> <laughs> that, right. by the way, like uh, as I always try to sort of narrow down and and uh, in the uh, in the attempt to put my uh, overall uh, or sort of uh, overarching theory for all this into into less words, and I try to refine it more and more. It's that part of it is also there's um, a kind of jealousy with watching all professional sports because, like, in the end. Like, even if you know deep down that you could never do this, you kind of wish it was you out there. And mm. so, like, yeah, I think sure. it's I think it I think it's natural to uh, just go like the, and like they're letting this fucking guy do it. Like, <laughs> he looks like this. <laughs> There's something very human about your thesis, Mike. Yeah, and I appreciate and, that. And, it's very and like honest I, and bare. And I said I tried to have like a sort of more uh, 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 <laughs> like I said when we were talking about it the other day. That um, I I tried to ha- I had a very grand idea of what this uh, could be, but and I'm I'm mostly just going to become the Joan Rivers of soccer. <laughs> that is badass. That is very. <laughs> cool. But that's actually a pretty a good. Sad... T- I kind of I should lean into that title. That's not bad. You should. You should <laughs> yeah, have a there really are way worse things. You should have a re- the image like you you should get a cartoon drawn up, and it's a really sad uh, Nietzsche cartoon Nietzsche and he's kicking a soccer ball and it's Joan Rivers guarding him. She's the goalie. That, I, thought that gonna, means, I thought you were about to say Nietzsche someone kicking will call. a horse. That would be bad. To go back to, to dig up the Turin horse thing. Yeah, yeah. That would be good too. Um, I have a call. Pl- someone will call me the Melissa Rivers of uh, of soccer, and it will. Uh, I'll take it personally. <laughs> yeah, that's when you're gonna have to get banned from uh, all social media for what you do after that. It could be worse. <laughs> they could call you Men and Blazers. <laughs> oh dear. You know, to be um, I I did talk to one of them on the phone briefly when he called and placed the Christmas order through my uh the the wine store I work at, and he couldn't have been oh, nicer. So, but great. but oh, the the show the the show does stink. But okay, nice man. I have, <laughs> I have a, I have one for you. This oh, is a bit okay. of a curveball. Right. So, all right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> what is the? This looks like a, uh, uh, a, a, a tiny LeBron. No, that's LeBron James in real life. No filters, <laughs> no makeup. That's what he looks like when you, when you take it off. <laughs> it's from Space Jam, right? Isn't no. It? 
Wait, what? It's from the uh, iPhone port of NBA Jam. (laughs) (laughs) That I thought it was one of those the Space Jam bits because he looks like he's caught between the real world and Toon World or whatever. Now this is what um, this is what a regular person looks like when they show up dressed like this to play sports. Um, (laughs) It's that that shoot that that shooting sleeve basically takes up most of his body, like (laughs) the shorts. uh, uh, But the. He's just um, it has really thin legs, but still has a really big ass. <laughs> He's caked up, man. It's the dream. <laughs> Ladiga where, is just caked up, you know. Where amazing happens. Yeah. Where amazing happens. This. But no, yeah, this looks like it. It looks like it's from a flat. It looks like it's from a flash game. Like this, could, like, <laughs> yeah. This is some Le- LeBron James parody video that's uh, on uh, rathergood.com. This is like a. This is like a dying fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! The so dimensions that I, I I'm looking at the the arc of the three point line and it doesn't look right either. No, no, no it doesn't. <laughs> you you could have like this set to like Death Heaven. <laughs> Is it blissful? <laughs> My dying. <laughs> I want a dream. <laughs> This is this is what your dream. That this is. is as you slip into eternity. Yeah. This is what you see is Ladiva. In his quasi two dimensional <laughs> caked up form, <laughs> standing over, set to brought to the water by Death Heaven, <laughs> specifically. Oh, oh, good stuff. Okay, yeah. Okay. But well, more and more men uh, do want to go down the road of uh, of being caked up, though. It's it's important to grow a large ass. You got to work on the people boots. are people are people are realizing this over time. Yeah, you gotta yeah you gotta squat heavy. I mean, yeah, Kyle Lowry went from like a laughing stock of nba twitter inter an intermittent laughing stock of nba twitter because he always had bad games in the playoffs until now you pretty much just like if you twitter search kyle lowry it's just eight thousand jokes about his ass being huge <laughs> well amazing it ha- it got a practical it's the low center of gravity you know <laughs> Mm-hmm. They um uh this is uh I do not claim to have a large ass but uh I've been doing more more squats more deadlifts been riding a bike a lot and um you know you what it's glute bridges it's, it's got pra- yeah it's got it's got <laughs> practical effects I drive a golf ball longer now shit it's Dang. uh it, that's how it goes that I was watching golf the other day and I forget who they they were quoting someone and it doesn't matter who because no one's gonna know but. <laughs> They were talking about John. It was John Drillbley. They were talking about John Rom, and they said that uh, to quote whoever, he's his legs are, uh, his, uh, uh, he's got his trousers are full legs. <laughs> I, I thought that the, the, trousers it was just are trousers legs. are full legs. I mean, he's got very powerful legs. John yeah. Rom, everyone, people love John Rom because he's uh, uh because he's out there uh, as the number one player in the world as as a fat guy, and uh, everyone mm. just like uh, pe- people respect that about him. I don't respect. It's like Oliver Miller, an Golf. NBA player who is like super fat by NBA standards, like well over three hundred. Like 
well over 300 <laughs> pounds and not in like the shack way just like a huge fucking dude and like golf. people like Oliver miller he was a fan favorite golf is a sport is it I've heard it is a sport. <laughs> it's, it's a sport, it, and people it, follow it. I know. Well, it. John John Rom. Well, I will say, while he is a fat guy, he's he's all he's very strong. So like mm. that's that that is uh, uh that that's a big part of it too. If he's not he's uh it, it's it's important to point out that um uh he's g- generally large and uh does have quite a lot of uh, uh actual physical power. Oh yeah, he's like a harpooner. Yeah, he's he's not a guy that could run you down, but if he caught you, it uh, it would be trouble. Yeah, that's um, maybe. that is kind of cool, actually. That is cool. Um, he's he's Spanish as well, so it's I I don't uh, know. Okay. Uh, um, well, that's yeah. a, that's a lot different. Yeah, <clears throat> let's do one more. No, um, we've got two and, more. We've got and, two more. Okay, we'll do two yeah. more. We'll do them quick though. Okay, here's another blast from the past or the relative past. This is Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell, um, was Sam Cassell not uh, mocked and uh, referred to as the the cancer patient once? Was that uh, did that not happen to him? <laughs> I don't know. Who said I, that about? I, I'm who? googling that. Uh, no, I don't. No, oh, oh no, Kevin Garnett said it about Charlie Villanueva. That's what it was. That, yes, of, yes. Of course, Kevin Garnett said it. Uh, if, if there was anyone who was ever going to say that about somebody. It that, would be. It would be KG. Yes. Undoubtedly. But no, they do it's have not similar Sam. physiques, though. But Sam Cassell also did the big balls dance. So, <laughs> you know, that, that awesome. sort of makes up for his somewhat strange looking face. He does have a strange face. Um, yes. And, and, but his face, it's sort of uh, just sliding off the side in a way. There's 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 a, quite a lot of space between his eyes. Yes, that's part of it. I think well, Which, I, I think that's the main part of it, really. Yeah. Yeah. Catches people off guard. That, so that that's um, to relate it back to soccer. Um, uh, Mesut Ozil has uh, <laughs> uh, notably uh, weird looking eyes. Um, but he also has sort of preternatural passing ability and that people have sort of uh, like i i can't imagine his eyes are so far apart that he actually sees the game differently <laughs> i think that's actually happening that's ap- actually happening in his mind it's not just be- the, the the position of his eyes but i i like the basically. idea <laughs> yes that his field of he has a 270 degree field of vision <laughs> and that's why he just sees people uh, sees things that other people do not but yeah, Sam Cassell. Um, also, that his mouth seems to uh, open. Like it, it's there. There's a lot of odd things going on uh, about Sam Cassell's face. He's <laughs> a gen, uh, just a generally odd-looking man. Not I in like, not, not in a, not in a bad way. Just not in a yeah, not in a way that's like, uh, like makes you just go like, huh. like it doesn't. It, it, he's not like a startling. But like the more you look at him, you're just like, that is kind of weird, isn't it? Like, but it's about every it, single, but it's about every single thing in his face. It's just yeah. uh, every everything is slightly off in a way that um, I, I find very endearing. <laughs> this is not our last player. This is just for Brian to have context on what the big balls dance look like. I actually need context on this as well. <laughs> I just said it. <laughs>
artisanal. <clears throat> yeah, he was he was a master trash talker. That's a skill right. in and of itself, too. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Like that's that, like half of Gary Payton's career. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. That this is yeah. Um, doing uh, have having a signature dance. Um, that is um that does draw direct attention to your balls is something that I I can't relate to at all. I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to when we can like when we're gonna see the first NBA player do a Fortnite dance on the court. Has well, that happened that, already? Shocked that that in the twenty in the 2018 World Cup final, uh, Antoine Griezmann scored and did a Fortnite dance and basically sullied the that entire fine that entire win for France with that. Like Incredible. that is that is well, it's, that, it's a kind of that's how a, they roll. a black mark against the the sport. Um, that, that he did a Fortnite dance there. And like, I, I, there's probably other, uh, very weird dated things that have happened in, in world cup finals, but that but has like, just reached now France. It's just reached France. Um, dances on the court next. So I'm going to petition Tyler hero to do a TikTok dance oh, on the God, court. No, he, um, <laughs> His uh, his time has sort of come and gone, hasn't it? It really has. He might have gone. He had a really great like 10 days, though. Uh, Probably better than any of us will ever have. But where he was, he was it for 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 about a week and a half. He made that face. He made that weird. He made that weird facial expression. Yeah, it was great. And he scored 44 fucking points on the fucking Celtics in a fucking conference fucking finals game. Yeah. Yeah. um, See? Yeah. It was something. Fucking perk set dealing little shit. <laughs> That's take a perk, go to work. That's All the right. mantra. Fuck. All right. Here's a last player. Fit. All right. I'm this is Kelly Oubre Jr. Kelly Oubre, um I'm uh, uh, uh I say as someone with uh, only a very superficial understanding of uh, or, or, or I really liked that Wizards team from a few years ago that went on that run where they won like 20 consecutive home games or whatever it was and then LeBron hit that insane 3 where he like fell into the crowd to uh, to, to force overtime and they yeah. uh and they won that was that. yeah that was uh, that was fantastic but I I really I I really liked that Wizards team um Kelly Oubre, uh, look, this is uh, is it's a very handsome man. Now I should I should state that this is the first non in game image I've shown yes. Michael. So um, so it's not is, like him in the middle of running or making some nasty facial expression. Yeah, this, this is, is a fashion clearly, shoot. Yeah, this is yeah the, the, this uh, this photograph has been altered. Um, <laughs> Probably at least a little bit. But yeah. but Kelly Oubre is a very pretty man. Um, so now I, uh, uh, he's wearing more necklaces than I would. And, and again, by the way, like to put in, I, I, I want to, I want to be clear that while I have a lot of, uh, thoughts and feelings about like the choices that other people, uh, make, it's that a lot of them are all things that I do not have the, the confidence to do myself. So I'm not. Uh, you know, it, it's when when I'm going to criticize uh, people's uh, choices, it's only because I it, uh, it it like triggers something visceral in me and not because I think I know better than them. Right. Right. 
Um, yeah. it, and in the case of how Kelly Oubre is dressed here, um, I actually like his um, uh, big sort of uh, random polka dot shirt. It doesn't seem to follow a consistent it's pattern. A good shirt. It's, it's a fun shirt. Um, it's like Dan Flash's. Yeah. <laughs> you could get this at Dan Flash's, but it's too expensive. You really can't afford it. So uh, Kelly Oubre can afford it, I suspect. Uh, yes. Wait, by the way, actually, hang on a second. Is it sleeveless? It is. It is. Oh, see, now that. All right. I don't love that. Yeah, it is. I, I still do. I... That's fine. And again, that's fine for Kelly Oubre. But if I walk into the bar like this, someone's going to kick my ass. But also, like, I also have, like, uh, I also have, like, uh, you know, Joe Bluth levels of, like, physical insecurity where, you, you know, <laughs> where. You radiate uh, a cloud of insecurity. Yeah, yeah like, pe- pe- like uh, if I'm wearing something I don't think I'm pulling off, um, you, you can see that from down the street. Like, I, I'm, I'm just, like, my shoulders are hunched forward. I'm, le- like, my arms are, like, tucked together. Um, I, I look like someone who's, like, not ready to catch something that's been thrown at them. And that's just, like, my default stance um, if I'm wearing a shirt that I'm not really that comfortable with. <laughs> it's understandable but kelly Oubre, he looks he he looks great here i wouldn't wear a a, a polka a sleeveless polka dot shirt um he loses a point for that um but otherwise um uh it is just a generally a, a beautiful man yes beautiful man and i say max aesthetic points in my opinion because i feel here he's channeling a gothic prince there yeah is, and that is badass Especially with the spikes Yes. Have uh, have have either of you seen the uh, the Rick James documentary that's been on Showtime uh, no. uh, the last couple no. of days? They, it's um, uh, Rick James is telling a story about how um, when Prince was opening for him in probably like uh, like 1982 or something like that, um, and uh, talking about how Prince was stealing his like stage banter and like his sort of back and forths with the with the crowd. He's like, uh, it, um, like Rick would always do this sort of like. And the crowd would do it back at him. And he's like, and people would go nuts for that. And then Prince started doing it. And Rick James was like yelling at him, just like, you can't be doing the ooh ooh thing. Like, that's my thing. And he's telling, and he's tell- telling this story and he just goes, anyway, it's like Prince was giving me hell out on the road. And I'm like, what an incredible thing to be able to say is yeah. Prince was giving me hell out on the road. <laughs> yeah. That is an incredible <laughs> thing to say. Oh, man. Okay, well, we right. finished so our aesthetic what are the segment. Final, what are the final scores? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's for right. LeBron, Sam Vassell, and... The, well, okay, so... <laughs> so, we're, we're giving Siakam... Uh, we're going to give Siakam an 8 out of 10, uh, okay. aesthetically, um, because he has a naturally... Uh, he has a, a, just a fantastic, uh, super expressive face um, that um, adds a, a, a further depth to um his talent as a player okay um uh you have uh for andre karolinko um he uh looks like uh he was cursed by a witch and um (laughs) and so it's about a two or a three uh (laughs) the haircut the haircut it couldn't be less flatter i mean i've seen other pictures i'm familiar with uh uh you know i i don't i i can't tell you everything about andre carolingo's career but i've definitely seen him with a better haircut than that i've seen him with a normal haircut um and uh and so so that particular picture is uh we're gonna give him we're gonna give him a three which is that 
and most of that is just from being uh, as a as a curiosity um, because it's uh, it, it's interesting because you sort of can't believe it. Um, yeah. But as far as like um, it's nothing to aspire to. Right. Um, the computer rendering of LeBron from a cell phone game um, <laughs> where is is way down there. Um, it's below Karolinko. It's a one or it's a one or a two. And, and even that, by the way, Le, LeBron has had a pretty consistent look uh, in in real life, not in the not in an iPhone game. Um, <laughs> but he, LeBron, um, I was looking. There's that that picture that does the rounds every so often of LeBron like carrying his PS2 from the bus. Um, and he has uh, uh, LeBron has looked old his whole life, uh, <laughs> yes, um, which is in a way the secret to looking young. Uh, this is also true of Paul Rudd. Oh yeah, yeah. Very true. Yeah, like everyone's like, I can't believe how, like Paul Rudd is forty nine years old and he looks like this, and like he looked like that in Clueless too. It just like that's what... secret to success, right there. Yeah, if listeners uh, take heed. Yeah, uh, going bald, young, like um, like you know, uh, like Patrick Stewart, like has basically always looked the exact same in everybody's mind. I mean, like you look at the next generation and you look at him now, and he's clearly older, but like, um, it's but it, the in the last, you know. Uh, 20 years or so Patrick Stewart and in, in your mind looks basically the same um uh Sam Cassell uh Sam Cassell I'm gonna put at uh uh, uh I enjoy uh, uh I enjoy his uh everything that's weird about him um and I'm gonna give I'm gonna put Sam Cassell at a five and again there's no consistency to any of these scores if you want me to <laughs> uh, you heard me try to describe my show for 10 minutes no, like, it's, there's, it's there's, there's no every we single thing is subjective, and every single thing is on a every single thing is on a case by case basis. We're here for the madness. Yeah. And um, uh, lastly, we're we're uh, we're putting Kelly Oubre up at uh, we're we're gonna give him the same uh eight as uh, Pascal Siakam again. Uh, he's been docked points for uh being sleeveless um <laughs> in the polka dot shirt. If this shirt had sleeves, does this have a it it. It does have a collar. Yeah, it's hard to tell. He's in a, uh, it, being in like a mock neck polka dot vest would be a, a very bold choice. But yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I, and I don't like the dog collar. But uh, Kelly Oubre, uh, handsome man, I suspect he uh, does well for himself. Uh, yeah, I'd have to imagine so. Um, <laughs> yeah, we. I think we're gonna have to find some way to. We'll we'll tweet out the pictures that we used for these evaluations, yes. or put them in the show notes, or both. Yeah, so because everyone, yeah, everyone, so everyone, everyone will need to, uh, to to see them a lot. <laughs> yes, they're important to have context, um, yeah. especially with the, the LeBron uh, <laughs> uh, iPhone game picture. <laughs> Oh, all right, good. all right, all right. Well, uh, I think that leaves us with a quick ad from uh, our sponsor. Wonderful, wonderful product. Have you ever been sneezy, eyes bothering you? I know it happens to me all the time. That's why I take Benadryl. Benadryl is the only antihistamine on the market. Johnson & Johnson, the fabulous drug makers, while yes, indulgence of Benadryl may cause early delirium psychosis as well as early onset Alzheimer's, there's no proof medically that that could happen to you while you do it. So that's why I take Benadryl day to keep the doctor away. Thanks, Benadryl. Moving on. Thank you, Johnson & Johnson, New Brunswick, New Jersey. 
Shout out North Jersey. <laughs> okay, now it's time for a new segment um, called Could Blank Insert Name Here Ball? Uh, or Could Blank Ball? Or CBB, as, <laughs> as we will now call it. CBB. Um, CBB, baby. Uh, this, the subject of this week, our first uh, segment, is Could Frasier, as in the star of the sitcom, Frasier, could he ball? So not Kelsey Grammer, but specifically Fraser Crane. Kel- Kelsey Grant. Well, Kel- Kelsey Grammer playing Fraser. Yes, Fraser in the show. Fraser. Well, yes. 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 No. I know. You see. I mean, flat, no, oh, flat, okay. no, but Who's I it? think he could have a decent layup in like if it was 1962 and he was in the prime of his uh, youth. I mean, yeah. If the only guy blocking shots in the league is Bill Russell, then which would be accurate for that time period, then yeah. See, yeah, he's going to have uh, he he he'd have an okay time when he's not playing the Boston Celtics and then when he is, Bill Russell's going to beat the fucking shit out of him. Right. So, all right. Well, okay. So, Frazier is um, I, I guess Fr- Frazier Crane is probably as old as Kelsey Grammer, right? Like he's pl- he's playing like a, a, an age appropriate character, give yes. or take a, a handful of years, right? Right. He's so aging we're looking in real at, time and everything. So else, we're yeah. looking at uh, but Juilliard educated Kelsey Grammer, by the way. So he is a fancy fancy man. Fancy. Uh, so he he's born in fifty five. So let's say that as the uh, born in Saint Thomas. Really? All right. Uh, so born in <laughs> born in 55. So his playing age would have been this is when guys used to do all four years of college. So yeah. what that that's uh, 79. He comes out of uh, uh, of uh, of college out of uh, a drafted into the NBA out of Juilliard. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, yeah, so he's playing like that peak era trailblazers team yeah and the lakers well, actually so the lakers the, weren't that good at the end of the yeah so this is um, a yeah. this is a this is a decent time there, there's no like one dom- this is pr- before the showtime lakers this mm-hmm. is before the celtics years of dominance yeah so like could a young kelsey Grammer have had a couple good years before um the later years of getting his fucking ass beat by bill lambeer um and beer's combat basketball (laughs) so uh so and and again this is uh uh, but again it's not as kelsey Grammer. this is as uh this is as fraser crane and i just i'm gonna say no because i watch a decent amount of fraser and i i'm fair and there's an episode uh where uh fraser and niles learn to ride a bike because they've never learned to ride a bike (laughs) before Wow. And so I'm going to say if he couldn't wow. ride a bike. Yeah. I don't think he, he could have. like back anybody down in the and right. uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think yeah. he would get turned inside out defending anybody. Okay, this came out because I don't I don't remember I remember my parents watching the show Frasier. I don't know why because I don't remember ever them ever ever laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why they watched it and I was I was a little kid and I, I you know and then I remember watching it when I got older, like you'd know, be at reruns, like when I was like a teenager, yeah. like flipping through channels. And then I'd have it on. I'm like, what is this? Is this a comedy? There's a laugh track, but it's not it's not really funny. And I was confused. And then I asked my mom about it. I'm like, why did you watch that show? Like, it kind of sucks. And she's like, oh, it was funny. And so then I was like, did I get memory? Like, are we sure? 
what happened? Are you sure or, it was funny? I was there. You weren't laughing. I mean, so I feel like people I thought, just... Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I just thought he'd be a good subject. Frasier. I, 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 I thought I do, that Frasier was a different character at first. I do like, enjoy... I yeah. do enjoy. I, I like yeah. again. I'm not. I'm not going to call myself a dedicated Frasier fan. There's there's 264 episodes of Frasier. I'm on the Wikipedia. Um, I, I don't just know that. Um, we're a Frasier head, but um, but I think Frasier is a funny show. Um, uh, admittedly, uh, uh, smoke a lot of weed. Um, but <laughs> but I think uh, the, the their uh John Mahoney who plays their father. Um, the dynamic between him and his two sons, uh, both uh, Frazier and Niles, Kelsey Grammer and David Hyde Pierce, I think is very funny, although it's hard to understand how this man could possibly have raised these two sons. Right, right. Because he's like, a sort of like John Mahoney. John Mahoney. Yeah, he plays a uh, his character is a, like a uh, salt of the earth working. Yeah, class. he's a, yeah, Grandma. he was a, he's a, a he's a cop who had to retire because I, I think he got shot. Uh, and so he walks with a cane all the time. Yeah, and he how, killed too many uh, people. That was the other. And thing how too. like a C- and yeah, and how like and how a Seattle uh, cop from like you know, again, who would have had their his kids in the in the fifties, <laughs> there about um uh, or early sixties at that best, how he would have uh raised the two softest men alive. <laughs> is is very hard to understand like that's and i know that it's a sitcom and and they're not going to really dive into how this possibly could have happened but th- that's like it, it's that he would even stick around i mean i he lives with fraser um to because fraser uh, uh uh you know helps look after him but the idea that this man possibly could have raised these boys is is impossible to me right Right. Well, I mean, it does culminate in the end of the show because at the end of the show, the last episode, he he finally has had enough and he ends up gunning down his two sons and then his dog. And then the screen goes to black and you hear the last gunshot kind of implying that he (laughs) killed himself, too. uh, Apparently a a revival has been greenlit uh, by and will be on Paramount Plus. What? Um, that's what it's it going to take place Wikipedia. in the afterlife. <laughs> it has. Well, well, John Mahoney, uh, we, we can't explore his life as a uh, um, as a Leo um, and what that means in the 2021's climate, because John Mahoney has died um, yes. in real life. So that means um, uh, so uh, 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 Martin Crane is also dead. Um, well, and uh, and Eddie with like a deep fake. That's yeah. true. And Eddie the dog has also uh, passed on. So, yeah, CG, you could CG. So yeah. we're so uh, that, that I'm sure it will be addressed within the first five minutes of the first episode that um, that that Martin and Eddie are dead. Um, <laughs> but that's how it go- that's what happens when you take 20 years off of making a show is that some people uh, die. Yeah, that yeah. happens. That but there's a lot of ta- there's a lot of talent in the show. Um, I, I think uh, uh uh, Kelsey Grammer, uh, if you're willing to look past his uh, his his politics, uh, he's a tremendous actor. He's very funny. Okay. He's side okay. he's, he's sideshow Bob. He is yeah. sideshow Bob. That's um, true. So I just I just wanted to bring up the fact that this morning when we were <laughs> discuss me and Brian were discussing SC, I've I'm not really watched much Frasier. I'm aware of 
its existence. I've like <laughs> seen, cli- I've seen, I, like obviously, like you'd flip channels, you'd see a clip of it, you'd like hear one of them making a pithy aside. But for whatever reason, uh, I thought that Kelsey Grammer's character, the main character, was named Niles Crane, not <laughs> Fraser Crane. Obviously, Niles' is his brother. I know that now, <laughs> as of today. I am today years old when I learned that this Frazier is the neighborhood in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, because, like, so when I'm talking to Brian about this, um, he mentions it, he brings it, and I'm like, I've never really watched Frazier. The main character is named Niles Crane, right? So who's Frazier? Brian. Oh, shit, that's right, LMAO. That guy, I'm going to call him Frazier. And then I'm like, wait, never mind. He is Frazier. Now this is his brother. So I fucking man, is that the Mandela effect? I Mandela affected yeah. Brian into yeah. the, the the Mandela my effect, wrong thing. The Mandela effect, as best I can tell, is just being wrong about something. Uh, just in, <laughs> it's misremembering literally anything. Because on uh, if you check that subreddit, it just people just going like. I re- I used to remember that I went to Shell, but it used to be called Sunoco, and just like no, that's a different gas station. And it's like oh okay, <laughs> you were on meth, which involves Benadryl sometimes <laughs> as a, as a as a as as something that's used in it. So that's why you but, misremembered your early um, onset Alzheimer's. But David Hyde David Hyde Pierce also uh, tremendous in uh, in in Wet Hot American Summer, and has uh, my my favorite line in the entire thing when he's. Uh, he's having the sort of awkward interaction with Jean and Garofalo for the first time. And, uh, and she, um, she says, uh, Oh yeah, I'm the, uh, you know, I, I run the camp. And, uh, what, um, what about you? And he goes, Oh, I don't, I don't work at the camp. <laughs> it's a funny movie. Even... That's a good movie. I, I like that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember liking it a lot when I, when I first saw it. Um, okay. So we're going to also do, uh, what are you guys watching? We're just going to round table real quick. Something cool you've seen recently. Um, kind of a just quick rundown of it of anything cool you've seen recently movies tv shows doesn't matter um i'm just gonna throw mine out there right now i saw it on shutter recently uh called white of the eye directed by donald kamel uh which uh stars david keith <laughs> and is a very very and i can say say this safely very underrated and incredibly unique film um released in 1987 um and uh just a very unique someone it's easy to bill it as like a giallo um it is not though it basically centers around uh david keith's character who is a audio expert uh and installs like sound systems for like the uber rich in this very twin peaksian town which is supposed to be in arizona there's a serial killer on the loose and basically it ties back into sound and then memory and it gets really weird. And the fact that this film came out in 1987 kind of blows my mind because it is unbelievably ahead of the time uh, and also has a really, really sick um, prog rock soundtrack. So uh, with an absolutely balls to the wall ending. So um, can't recommend it enough. Uh, brilliant stuff. Why did the eye check it out? Sounds good to me. Yeah. Mike, a giallo is an Italian slasher, in case you didn't know. Um, I didn't really know. I got I got to say, I, I um, uh, l- like anyone that you'd meet on the street, 
Um, I have, uh, I've, I've seen, uh, I, I've seen a lot of movies. However, there's, generally speaking, a lot of movies. And, there's a few. Uh, there's a there few. There are a fucking there's, lot of movies. And there's, there's a lot to know. And it's one of the things that I've not really dedicated myself to knowing. And I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying my best to, uh, to, um, fill in the gaps there. Um, you know, um, but it's, uh, there's, there's a lot to get through. And unlike music where you can usually do it at three or four minutes at a time, um, a lot of movies uh, take several hours as it turns out. I do. So, uh, so I am, I, I, I saw my, uh, this is not my submission, but I, 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 I'm 33 years old and I watched my first uh, uh, Cassavetes movie just the other day. I watched Killing of the Chinese Bookie the other day. Um, oh, nice. So, so I'm so now, uh, uh, but, but even, but yeah, it, so it's like that's somehow the, the, the first thing that I've gotten around to and it took me, it, it took me this long. This is something that most people would have done in college. But I would say uh, for, uh, for me, I watched the, uh, the, the 1982 comedy uh, Night Shift. Uh, the other day um, with Henry Winkler, Michael Keaton and Shelley Long. And okay. it is it is set in a morgue in New York. Uh, Henry Winkler's character used to work on Wall Street and wanted a job that was less stressful. And so he got a job working in okay. the morgue. I, I don't know how like and, and again, this is a simpler time. This is 40 years ago where basically you could just show up and just you and, could probably like, do you, that. Back you, then. you say yeah, I'm not on I'm not on drugs, and they would say that's good enough. Now you'd need an MBA <laughs> to work in that morgue. Yeah. That's um true. <laughs> and uh so he's got a he's got a nice quiet life where he just sits there and reads the paper. And um and then Michael Keaton shows up and he's too loud and he's too annoying. And um damn, 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 damn. and and it could happen to anybody. Uh and they run into a situation where um uh, uh, where they uh, start meeting uh, these uh, prostitutes, uh, one of them being Shelley Long, and they're just like, hang on a second. You guys are being run all over the place by these pimps who don't respect you. Like, we've got a bunch of business knowledge. We've got all this uh, space. We have all this time. Why don't we organize this, and we're going to run this like a serious business. And huh. so, okay. And so, and Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton are running, are become basically like white collar pimps, uh, with, with like they're they're giving their they're they're giving the prostitutes health insurance. Um, this is like an analog so, OnlyFans thing. What is? The, the, uh, yeah. So and and uh, now th- this is, but it's also it's also because I'm movie confused at I the think, direction already. It's it's a it's, very yeah. Uh, it's directed by Ron Howard. <laughs> oh, say no more. So wait, what? Yeah. Um, the, I I can't believe I'd never heard of this, and I just um I turned on the last like ten minutes of something else that was on, and this just came on after it. Um, I I can't remember what I was watching before at like, but but I just turned just turned on whatever, and then night just started. And I looked at the description. I'm just like, I like all these people. <laughs> we're just like I, I can't say that i love too many of ron howard's movies but i um uh i, I like henry winkler i like michael keaton i like shelly long shelly long is in um uh is in the money pit one of my uh, uh one of my uh favorite and i think uh uh underrated comedies but um that uh it is i think something that would be an 
excellent source for a remake because I think it falls into a few too many sort of like cliches. I think right. um, I think there's like a setups for like much better jokes that don't really come together. And it's like it's stuff like, um, you know, it's Thanksgiving and Henry Winkler's entire family is over and um, and but he gets a phone call and oh, no, it's Shelley Long and she's going to night court. She's been arrested for being out on the street <laughs> oh, and like he's the only one that can get her out. And like, oh, man, his stuck up wife is not going to be happy about this. And um, yeah, but like the but but I think the source material, I think concept wise, I think it's uh, I think it's a very fun concept that they could have had more fun with. But I think it's worth checking out. I, I think it's it's still a fun movie. It's okay. Michael Ke- Michael Keaton is a delight in it, uh, as he is in so many things. But um, yes. but but he, uh, but uh, Night Shift 1982 worth looking at. Where can we watch it? Um, I watched it on. Uh, I'm uh one of the few people I know that uh that pays for cable, and it was oh, on one of them. <laughs> it was on one of the whatever movie channel. And by by the way, um, you know, not that Apple needs my endorsement, but basically every movie you've ever heard of is available on uh on iTunes for three ninety nine. Um, no, I know that or <laughs> Prime. Yeah, that uh, yeah, I uh I I. You can rent Night Shift on Prime for three ninety nine, and that's it it's and that's that's an appropriate on, price. Oh no, it's not on Hulu. It's because it's it's on Stars. Yes, you can oh, watch re- watch parties to watch and chat with others on Amazon Prime. Retroplex, which is a channel. Okay. But it was on it's so if you if you pay for uh, if you pay for uh, Retroplex, um, it's uh, it's it may be on demand. Yeah, but that that is that is that is where I saw it the other night. I do not have cable. I have plain old Internet. Um, I love having cable. I watch all the worst shit all day. (laughs) I no, I used to. It was part of why I got rid of it. And also I couldn't afford it anymore. Um. (laughs) So for mine, I am going to recommend a thing that I have not shut up about to in certain circles and mostly just group DMs. And that would be the North Water. The North Water is an AMC plus series that I got by like doing some stupid free trial as part of my prime, literally just to watch the show because I was so interested in it. It's a story about a whaling expedition. And huh. those of you who are terror fans are being like, oh, mm-hmm. really? And you see, that's um, you'd be right to think that because uh, there, there are many similarities. But the worst thing about trying to tell people about this fucking show is that I forget who the actual main lead actor is because <laughs> it's not Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell is the co-lead with Jack O'Connell, who has an excellent performance as a tortured surgeon with PTSD from the the siege of Delhi, Uh, this being back in the days of the grotesque old British Empire. Um, So he's on board a whaler, he's fucking strung out on opium, and he crosses paths with a brutish harpooner who may or may not be some sort of demon um, played by Colin Farrell, one of my absolute favorite actors ever. Mm -hmm. 
in the most intensely like animalistic performance I've seen someone ever do pretty much he just like you just feel dirty every time he comes on screen because he's like a literally filthy b (laughs) Colin Farrell spent like weeks building the exact physique of a harpooner which apparently is super muscly arms and a fat as fuck chest so he got fat in the gut and in the and in the chest but like has arms the size of fucking cannons it's the weirdest thing it made me feel like i'll be honest lately i've been uh trying to exercise for the first time regularly in you know like my life and uh, you know it gets you feeling pretty down about yourself sometimes but it can uh But it is join the dismal tide, you can join the Dismal Tide Run Club on Strava. You can oh. join all three of us. <laughs> it's I a journey, not it's, a destination. It's possible. it's possible. But the thing is, I felt I felt better about myself when Colin Farrell took off his shirt and I was like, oh wow, he's got those are man boobs way worse than anything I've ever had. <laughs> That's especially with a guy who's like a, a guy who has historically been known as a good-looking man. Yes, that's yeah. That I think that 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 helps. <laughs> but um, uh, it's an incredible show, though. Just I, around it, I it absolutely sounds, have to watch it. It sounds great. It's only five episodes, so not going to take too much of your time, and it's a limited a series. Commitment. It's based on a. A novel, which I also read, that is great. And the novel's a lot more violent than the book. That's really the only difference, is that it's just a lot more graphic. Um, the show's pretty violent, but not like anything, nothing more than anything you'd see on any other prestige uh, TV show. So, right. like, if you could watch, like, Mayor of Easttown, you can watch this. Although, like, the I will say that the ant for the... Uh, animal lovers out there uh whose whose feelings i do respect um there is a lot the whales get it more the seals Ooh, yeah it's a more relatable animal because they're smaller they're closer to human size so people are more (laughs) sympathetic yeah yeah there's some real rough stuff involving (laughs) seal hunting in the first episode that's just wow that's how they did that. At, at risk of derailing the show and going on like a forty-five minute tangent, you you, you <laughs> which call we can't. which which you call you call Colin Farrell one of uh, one of your favorite all, all-time favorite actors. Can yes. you um I uh and I'll give you the opportunity to name two. Um, okay. who is your your current uh your favorite actor currently, but also uh historically? So all-time uh favorite, but also current favorite. Wait, am I supposed to name two people or the you same? got? What? You can know, well. They can be the same if you're okay. if you're if your all time favorite and your current favorite are the same. Okay. That's fu- that that's fine too. Like, uh, oh, uh, but it can it can be two people, which which allows you to expand a bit and not have to feel like you have to pick one. Okay, my all time favorite is probably Robert De Niro. When push comes to shove, and my current favorite. I'm going to be an asshole and do a tie, and my current favorites are probably, like, straight up Anya Taylor-Joy and and Colin Farrell. (laughs) (laughs) 
just at the moment. Nice. Brian, do you uh Brian, do you have yours? I'm gonna go really quickly, uh, because I am trying to be mindful of our time. Um my favorite actor of all time. That's a really tough one, but uh, the person that I come back to the most consistently and I've always gotten the most pleasure from. Um it's definitely gonna be Mads Mickelson. Um <sighs> my favorite yes. actor or I guess so wait, is your favorite actor currently and then f- so my favorite yeah, but actor- I, it was really just an out so that you didn't have to pick one. Yeah. Which again, which which does derail the show. But I think favorite uh, actor currently is Mads Mickelson. And like my favorite actor of all time, but his performances are are ve- it is kind of fitting because it's super in between films and very spotty performances. But when he's on, he's on is uh Tadanobu Asano for sure. Oh fuck yeah. Yeah, when Tadanobu he's on, Asano he's really yeah. on star of Ichi the Killer. Yep. As a prominent role in Martin Scorsese's film Silence. Yep. Last um, Life in the Universe. Yeah. Um, he was amazing also in that, performance. He was also in that uh not that great Netflix movie The Outsider that you and me watched, Brian. About oh Jared my God. Beto as a white yakuza. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to go into all that. That was a real movie. Oh my god, yeah, yeah it's coming back to me now. Okay. Yeah, we don't have to go into the backstory of everything else that was yes. going on at that time. I but... um, I don't. I, <laughs> Wild shit. Now th- I I asked the question, but I don't think I have a great answer for all time favorite. The the first name that came into my head just because I I, I love him and everything he's ever done, but I don't know if he is my favorite of all time. Like uh, John Turturro was the first name that came into my head, and that right, he's okay. ne- he's choice. he's just he's just everything he's ever done has been done exactly correct um currently uh i've been watching a lot of george c scott um i've uh uh, well uh the two things i've watched recently are hardcore and uh and the hustler and um he (sighs) couldn't couldn't be better in either he looks incredible in the hustler yeah he does those those sunglasses he has are so sick yeah really really cool badass he he smiles in a way that like let that lets you know that he knows something that you don't and that's a that is yeah. a talent yeah it is it's cool it's very cool yeah that's definitely the most memorable thing for me from that film mm. um all right final thoughts and any plugs um so i don't have any writing or anything coming out um or to draw the attention to anything in particular um, other than fully supporting uh, Liam and Mike's plugs for today. Hell yeah. Right. I, uh, I've got, um, I just put out a new installment of the country music column, Will the Circle Be Unbroken, on treblezine.com. This one is about, sort of, about alt country and how that's a very nebulous and annoying term. And how there's always been alt country or country outside the box throughout the history of the genre. And that, like, it is, yeah, it's not new. Like, there's always been stuff that either subtly or very intensely pushed the limits of it. And they're just avalanches of great music as always as that and that's that's a, that's always what i'm trying to lead people to is just stuff mm-hmm. that they've uh maybe not thought of considering because they because of the 
common denominator portrayal of country music because of things like um because of like whatever na whatever Nashville radio is turned into and all that anyway um also some very weird uh moments of personal vulnerability that I was kind of afraid to put out there and actually got a good response on from someone so that was good yeah um and those are only going to get more intense as the, as the series <laughs> progresses. Yeah, check it out. It's really good, really good shit. Please, if you're a fan of the uh, the pod, uh, please check out the series because Liam's doing an amazing job with it. Yeah. So, and last but not least, Mike once again run us through run run us through the elevator pitch for the purely aesthetic soccer show. So, uh, yeah, so purely aesthetic soccer show. Uh, you can follow that show on Twitter. Um, Every combination of words I could think of for the name of the show were taken, but you know what wasn't? Uh, at Mr. Too Damn Soccer. <laughs> I am in awe of the, that you got that. Name. I can't believe that was available. Beautiful. So the so universe the name, is smiling upon you. So and in a way that should probably just be the name of the podcast, but um, but you can follow that show at Mr. Too Damn Soccer. <laughs> on twitter beautiful you can follow the dismal tide which i do with uh with my friend brendan uh which is a general sports podcast um that is uh that we're coming up on 100 episodes and we don't really know what to do to commemorate that but um but we've been doing that for about three years which also means that we've taken some uh some breaks from uh, from here to there uh but we're coming up on 100 episodes to that um uh i've uh had a great time doing that um uh both brian and liam have been guests on that show yep it's a um, great it's a really it's a really fantastic and idiosyncratic show like i listen to it even when you guys aren't talking about sports that no fuck all about which for the record includes association football like i don't know shit i don't know shit about arsenal i don't know shit about juventus I am vaguely aware that people like Lionel Messi and Kylian Mbappe and pe- people at that level exist. That's about as far as it gets. <laughs> I swear to God. But I listen to it. And, and like even like the, the golf stuff, like y'all have given made me be like, hey, I used to be really shitty about uh, like dismissive of golf. But like the way Mike talks about it, I understand how it's a, a, a pursuit that brings him like joy, for lack of a better word. And that, that was like, I, yeah, it's I, really I, interesting to hear a perspective of something that I'd never considered because I'd never seen anyone like of my friend group do anything like that. It's just like, just don't always be a slave to your preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. As far I, do, as that goes. I do wish I remember what writer said this the other week, but when um, they were talking about the, the Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau rivalry and they, <laughs> oh, and, they said, DeChambeau. Uh, and, and they said, um, and they said, golf is not a sport that lends itself well to rivalries because first and foremost, all golfers hate themselves. And that is exactly <laughs> right. As golf is golf, I, I I grew up playing golf. Um, there were just clubs in my garage, and I had a like a retention basin behind my house, and I just went out. And I had no friends when I was eleven years old, so I just went out and hit balls. Yeah. So, so I would have loved to have that. So golf became my sport, but that and um and then well, I didn't have uh the uh 
the self-awareness to know this at the time, but, uh, but throughout my uh, teen and adult life, I absolutely hate myself. And so uh, golf has <laughs> golf has been a, has fit like a glove because it is a great way to spend four hours being upset with every choice you just made. And um, beautiful. Uh, so uh, and Brendan and I have uh, uh, have uh, uh, we when I get down to New Jersey, him and I go out and golf. But uh, so uh, you can follow the Dismal Tide uh, on Twitter as well uh, at the Dismal Tide underscore um, Twitter said that they were going to delete. Uh, accounts that had like sat dormant for a very long time and so whoever has at dismal tide hasn't posted in nearly a decade i'm waiting for that account to get deleted so we can get rid of the underscore yeah fuck. but no progress just yet so the both One those day. shows are available and you can follow me personally at mega clang which is the great the word that iggy pop used to describe uh the sound of the press at the ford motor plant when he went there on a high school trip all right, <laughs> Mike. Thank you for coming on the legal screen. It was thank a pleasure. You. Thank you for having me on. I've had a fantastic time. Wonderful. All right. Well, everybody, we will see you next time. Oh yeah.
futures are sucker bets, but I think if you want an investment, the raise at plus 700 at Twin River is absolutely ridiculous. I can't figure it out. Uh, Houston's at plus 500. Chicago's at plus 700. Let me actually look at the pennant here. Yeah, just for the AL, you have Houston at 225, White Sox 280, Tampa 280. Uh, you know, Franco's hurt. Uh, Brandon Lau's hurt, but that's a sick joke, as Chuck McGill would say. So, you never go wrong betting the Rays. Certainly that didn't happen to me last year.